Hi, Sarah. Hi, Megan. How are you? How is your week going? I'm good. I'm good. I'm having a great week. Um, this week, I, I'm not like typically a very big TV person. I think you know that about me now. But mm-hmm. this week, it was like everything I'm interested in came out in the last couple of weeks. And after my girls have been going to bed, I've been binging all of these fantastic shows by myself. <laughs> and oh, all, good for you. It all kind of came out at once. But you know what I love about you is we're obviously still learning about each other. And something that's so right. sweet is you have some pop culture references and then some you don't know. <laughs> so like one of the big things that came out this week is... The Vanderpump Reunion Episode 1, which is this huge scandal is going on. I'm totally sucked in. But I love that a couple weeks ago, I sent you a photo of Sheena, who the world met about 10 years ago when she was (laughs) on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills because she was the mistress to Brandy Glanville's husband. And I sent, oh. a, I sent a photo to you of her, and it was referencing her headphones. And I was like, look at these headphones. And you were so cute. You were like, I love them, but I don't know who this is. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, it's Sheena. <laughs> so it's, it's true. Yeah, I, I don't know why, but I do tend to be like out of touch with celebrity news. Like I, I did know about the Vanderpump Rules reunion though. I have heard (laughs) about this. This is one that didn't, I I didn't miss on this one. I knew this was happening. I don't know who these people are. Like I, I would have to go back and start the, I think the season over. And actually it sounds like it's worth doing because everyone is like going on and on about it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, people will say like names all the time and I just, I won't know who that is. Like I just, I, my husband does this too. He'll say, oh, so-and-so. And I'm like, I don't know who that is. Um, uh, so, I love I, I love that about you. I think it's fun too because I can, I can tell you about them. So I watched Vanderpump yeah. Reunion 1. It was fantastic. And then also this week, um, Selling Sunset dropped, which I know you mentioned you tried, but you didn't watch. And Yeah, that- I watched Chris. The Christina Hall. I watched so Tarek's ex-wife. I follow her. I haven't watched the Selling Sunset, which is his new wife, right? Yes. It's his new wife, wife Heather. Um, But the season six just came out. I binged it in like three nights. The storyline is a little like unbelievable, but I wanted to speak to their makeup. Oh my gosh. These girls are so talented, whether it's them doing their own makeup or they have professional makeup artists, their makeup is phenomenal. Their eyeshadow is so beautiful. Mm. They do do a lot of like the under eye liner, which I think I spoke to before. I don't love that. Um, But it's just really beautiful makeup. And I kept zoning in on their makeup. And I was like, man, I'm just going to watch all these episodes because of the makeup and the houses. Uh, But it was great. I binged that whole season in a couple of nights. It was fabulous. Wow. (laughs) I'll have to check it out. I do love um, real estate shows. Those are like some of my favorite shows and like the flip, the shows where they flip houses. Um, I love those too. So I'll check that out. That sounds really good. Yeah, you should check it out. And then the last one that I watched that I was like, oh, I'm going to save this for the podcast. I want to ask you about So I watched the Anna Nicole Smith documentary. Do you know who she is? And did you watch it? Yes. 
I have not watched it. No. I okay. do know who she is, though. You yeah. know who she is. So when I was in college, my girlfriends and I, we loved her show. Loved it. Like, we would go over to the pizza parlor next door to where we lived, and we would sit and watch her show on the big screen. And she was just so cute and so funny. And in retrospect, looking back, it's like, well, obviously, she had a lot of issues. But I watched yeah. the documentary, and... There was a lot of new information about her that I didn't know. And one of them that was so interesting, and I was going to text you, and I was like, I'm going to wait because I want a psychologist's opinion on this, but I'm going to wait for the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so she okay. had told this story her whole life of having this horrible childhood. And I remembered it, like um. watching her show. It was like, oh, this poor little girl had a horrible childhood. Well, in this mm. new documentary, it came out that her and her mom had filmed filmed something right before she passed away, and she didn't have a horrible childhood. And her mom said, Anna, why, why are you putting this out there? You had a good childhood. You were loved. We weren't wealthy, but you had your needs met. And she wanted to have this story about her out there, and she kind of had this obsession with Marilyn Monroe, who is known to have a terrible childhood. And then she had a good friend who uh. also had some stories. And it's just interesting that she let the whole world believe something about her that is now just coming out now. It wasn't true. And it wasn't a flattering thing. Isn't that odd? Yeah. Yeah. It's odd. Um, it immediately makes me think personality things. Um you know, potentially. I, yeah. I haven't seen the actual... I, I'll watch it. Um, yeah, I mean, there's actually a lot of stuff coming out about things like this right now. Like um, professors... Um, I know one was at Berkeley who said she had... Um, and she was an ethnicity that she wasn't. I've read this a couple times now. Like People are sort of doing these things, I think, sometimes to get more attention on mm. them. And um, it's obviously a lie. And to the degree you can keep that lie up, that's, that's a lot of cognitive overload to be thinking about how to make sure right. you're always telling the same lie. Right. Like, right. um, and that's usually what trips people up. And that's usually how people get caught is there's some, some sort of lie like that. And they accidentally say something they shouldn't or, um, but yeah, it's hard to keep up a lie like that for yeah. a long time. Well, and it was um, so sad yeah. to hear from her mom. Like her mom had this daughter who became famous and then was saying all these things that um, weren't true about her childhood. And it just – as a mom, I just – my heart was broken for her mom. Like clearly there were a lot of issues. But I think you should watch yeah. it and, and we should discuss it because I'm, it. I'm so interested in your perspective <laughs> on her now like – looking back in with this new information, it's like, wow, there was something going on there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, potentially poor um, boundaries could also be like um, a part of that. Like people sometimes don't see clear boundaries between themselves and other people and mm. makes it much easier to take on attributes of other people. Um, so I wonder if something oh. like that's going on. I'll watch it. Interesting. Um, and I'll, I'll let you know. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's yeah. interesting. So, anyways, I, I'm all wrapped up on my TV time now. I'll probably go back to my normal nice. life of not watching shows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that, those are good tips. I'll, I haven't seen any of those, so I'll watch them. Um, and I'm in need of new TV, so that's great. Good timing. Yeah. What's going on with yeah. you this week? Oh, um, it's been a, a regular old week for me over here. Um, 
One one really funny thing came to light though this week. Um, so as sort of a lead in, I guess, to this episode on Disney World, we're we're going to Disney World in a few weeks with um with all my family. And um it was it came as a, a big surprise to my kids that you guys aren't coming with us. Aww. They thought that you, your your family was coming with us. And so my oh. daughter, my middle daughter was this week, she was saying, oh, I'm so excited. She's been packing her bags now for weeks um, <laughs> and cannot wait to go. And um, she's like, oh, I can't wait to show Sarah and David and your kids around Disney World. And I was like, oh, oh. sweetheart. Well, they're not coming on this one. <laughs> and she just was flabbergasted. She was like, wait, What? <laughs> They're not coming? And she's like, why? Why would they not come? And I was like, I know, they are like family, aren't they? They should be coming. Um, But it was so funny. And even my eldest was surprised. Yeah, it was really sweet. And uh, my youngest, she said they were all naming who they wanted to show around from your family. And my middle child said she wanted to show one of your kids around. And um, then my youngest said, and I want to show David around. (laughs) Disney World. <laughs> I was like, that's your person, isn't it? Okay. Um, that was so funny. Um, so yeah, we've been processing that as a family that your family is not coming on this trip. No. And I think it's like a surprise because I think we've done two, our last two trips we have done, we've done with you. Yes. Um, and so it's gotten sort of like, we've gotten used to it. It's going to be strange not to have you guys there oh, in some weird, so weird world. Yeah. Yeah, oh, it was really funny. That's so sweet. So, I love um, that. I mean, just like we kind of fell into this really fast romance, so have our children. <laughs> we went from zero to 100. We went from like not knowing right. each other to doing stuff together like every other day. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> it's nice when that works out, and it's great when it happens between the two families. Um, yeah, so it's just easy. I, I, yeah, yeah. So I told them, I was like, well, this episode's all about Disney World, and I'm going to be telling Sarah about why she should come on the next Disney World trip. <laughs> and they're like, okay, okay, make sure you talk good about it. I was like, okay, Aww, I will. So, they're yeah, it was so really cute. sweet. Oh, yeah. I love that. <laughs> well, yeah. with that, welcome everyone to Platinum Perspective, the podcast about travel, beauty, luxury, and more. I'm your co-host, Sarah. And I'm Megan. Sarah and I are best friends who put the work in to get the most out of life so you don't have to. And today, like Megan mentioned, we are talking about Disney World. I'm super excited for this episode. Megan, of course, is a Disneyland and Disney World expert. Being from California, I never went to Disney World as a child. I've only been once, and it was before I had kids. There was a beauty conference in Florida, and I took my team to Disney World the day after the conference, and it was not planned. Yeah, but it wasn't planned so out. So fun. It was so yeah. fun. We we just kind of decided on the trip, like, we're going to do this. We were wiped from working a beauty conference, and then mm. we just went. It yeah. maybe was a group of four or five women. We were in our 30s, and we had so much fun, but I really didn't learn much about the parks. We only went into the one main park, and... Um, it was uh, so long ago that I wasn't even thinking about kids at the time or how it would be traveling with kids there. So 
I'm really yeah. excited for this episode to learn about Disney World, and um, I have lots of questions for you. But first, I have some rapid fire. Are you ready? Okay. I'm ready. Okay. Which park at Disney World is your favorite? Epcot, hands down. Um, most people, I think, would say Magic Kingdom, but Epcot has so many unique rides there. Um, and they have it so it's set up where you can basically go all the way around the world in terms of um, different countries, and each part of Epcot is a different country, and so it all has Ooh. different restaurants, and there's you can drink around the world. I haven't done that before, but people go there and do that. Um, so there's a lot going on there. I think it's just a lot of fun to go shopping at all the countries, um, different stores and things like that. So that one's my favorite. The one I want to spend the most time in is Epcot for sure. Ooh, okay. I didn't even that go That wasn't in, a fast response. Into, but. <laughs> that's okay. I, I have not been into Ep- Epcot. Um, okay. Question two. From a planning perspective, uh, what is the biggest difference between Disneyland and Disney World? The biggest difference is that there is so much to do at Disney World. Um, it mm-hmm. is um, a big place. There are a lot of parks and there's a lot of things at Disney World that aren't in parks. And so um, mm. making sure you get everything you want to get in on a Disney World trip, um, you have to basically just choose what you want to do and stick with it. Um, whereas Disneyland, you can pretty much hit up most things you want to do within a couple days. That's how, not true at Disney World. How many parks are there? I don't even know this. There are six. So there are four um Four regular parks and two water parks. Oh, wow. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, um, it's large. It's it's big. Wow. Okay, so question number three then. What's your favorite resort of all time within Disney World? There are so many amazing resorts, and they all have fantastic themes. But the best one, hands down, in my opinion, is the Grand Floridian Um, It is like a palace. It's Mm -hmm. just gorgeous, um, breathtaking. It's beautiful to walk into. Um, But I am going to go see a new resort this trip, and it's called the Riviera. It's it's their newest um, resort that they just built, and it's like a European-style resort, and I've heard great things um, about it. So I'm excited to go check that one out. But for right now, Grand Floridian's my favorite. Is the Grand Floridian comparable to the Grand Californian, which we stayed at at Disneyland? Yes. In terms of being deluxe, in terms of the service, it's amazing. Um, and it's, but it's totally themed different when you go to Grand Floridian eventually, cause I think you will with me, um, <laughs> you'll see, it's just like, um, it's, it's much more elegant. It's a very mm. elegant, uh, sort of palace style, um, hotel. It's just gorgeous. Ooh, okay. Um, and then last rapid yeah. fire mm-hmm. question. My favorite part of our Disneyland trip that you introduced me to was the VIP service. So do they offer that at Disney World? And is it the same experience? Is it worth it? They do offer a VIP experience. And my answer is no, it's not what? worth it. The same way oh, that it's no. worth it for Disneyland. <laughs> I know. I mean, that's my platinum perspective. <laughs> is that it doesn't it doesn't add up to uh, Disneyland's VIP experience. 
Okay. Okay. I want to get more into that later on then. Okay. Okay. Well, Megan, do you want to jump into your background a little bit um, about your love for Disney World and growing up there and then you have an upcoming trip and what's the purpose of that trip? Yeah, sure. So although I now live in California and I would call Disneyland my home resort, um, I grew up in Florida and grew up going to Disney World throughout my whole childhood. We would go probably yearly um, with my family. And um, yeah, I just had fantastic memories. I just remember, I remember looking at my parents and seeing them be so carefree and acting like a kid. And I just, um, that will always stick with me um, as a special memory. And I hope to impart that same memory to my kids when they go to Disney World as well and Disneyland. Um, There's just something very special about that. Um, So yeah, I grew up going there and um, I've been now a few times Recently, since I've had kids, um, and I will say the experience has changed in many ways, um, and so I'm happy to go through how that how that has changed and how best to navigate. But it has become a um, harder place to navigate, I would say, unless you do your research ahead of time, in which case you can have a great time. Um, but yeah, that's why I think this episode is going to be a lot of fun to dig into because there's a lot of ins and outs to consider when going okay. to Disney World. Oh, good to know. Yeah. And then this trip that you're planning right now, you're not going with us. <laughs> um, you are meeting your fam- family there, right? Yes, yes, yes. That's right. So, um, yes, I am planning a trip right now for 16 people. It's going to be a family reunion down in Orlando. Um, most of us are staying at the Grand Floridian, um, and... We will be hanging out there quite a bit. So um, that's the purpose of this trip coming up that I'm about to talk about. Oh, so fun. Um, One thing, before we jump into the logistics of the trip, I've noticed Disney World has been coming up in the news a lot lately. And I've seen a few articles online. It seems a little political. Could you just give it a quick overview of what's going on there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So on the political front... um, there is um, ongoing lawsuits between the state of Florida and Disney World. And that's probably what you've seen a lot in the news where um, they're suing each other about a bunch of different sort of logistics. Um, I won't go into all of that here mm-hmm. besides to know that there's some friction there for sure. Um, and I, I think most Disney um, fans are looking forward to the time where this won't be political anymore. We want it to go back go back to being the happiest place on earth where we can just go and have a great time and not be thinking about politics and positions and things like that. So um, I would encourage anybody who wants to know more about any of that to go to the Diz Unplugged podcast and listen to their analysis of those. They've gone in depth, um, way more depth than I could about what's going on and what it means for Disney's future and things like that, which I find interesting um, to listen to. Um, but besides the political stuff, um, I think the the current status of Disney World is that um, in this economy, they're experiencing a little bit more softness um, in terms of their, like who, who's coming for the summer, for instance. Um, they're not. They're noticing that they are not booked up. They're having all these promotions come out to try and get people to come into the parks. 
Um, they've also been making big changes to the way that, that you do Disney, and they've been listening finally to fans about what they should change. Um, some gripes that have been sort of ongoing for the past few years have been related to the COVID restrictions and the reason that they say that they put this park reservation system in place to begin with. You, you experienced this for Disneyland, um, where we had to make these park reservations. Um, you had to check and see if there was availability before you bought your ticket. They've just announced that they're getting rid of all of that for Disney World um, in 2024 for most guests and date purchased tickets. So, oh, that's so exciting. I know. Let's just get rid of that system. Nobody likes it. And you should be able to just buy a ticket for a certain date. And, and if it's there, you just buy it. And if it's mm-hmm. not there, you know it's sold out. Um, so, that's what they're going to go to um, starting in 2024. Um, And then they're bringing back Disney dining, which they got rid of back in um, the pandemic days. And everybody was wondering if that's going to come back or not. They just announced that they are going to bring it back in 2024. Um, This isn't something you and I would probably do, but... um, What, What is it? I don't know what it is. Yeah, it's it's basically you um, pay a certain fee and you get, depending on what dining plan you purchase, you're basically prepaying for all your meals at Disney. And so you can, it can be like um, one quick service and one sit down dinner per day, one snack. Um, there's, there's different um, combinations that you can choose for what you want. Um, but it, it sort of gives people peace of mind when they go to Disney World that they've already prepaid for their food and that they don't have to think about the money, which, mm-hmm. you know, when you're there at the, ha- at the happiest place on earth, you don't want to be thinking about money necessarily. So especially if you have a, a, if you have a lot of kids, um, this is sort of uh, a way not to be thinking about that potentially. Or if you want to have some spectacular sit-down dinners and you want to prepay for it, there's a lot of reasons people sort of do this, but... Um, I think there's been some analysis. Is it worth it economically? Maybe not. You might be spending a little bit more money than you would. Yeah. I mean, so they they brought it back. People are excited about it. Um, I did this one time with my family at SeaWorld back in the day. They had a dining plan and my brothers ate their way through the park. It was one of those things where you could eat as much as you possibly want. Um, And so They stopped at every single restaurant they could and filled up their plate. By the end of the day, we were all so full. Um, Oh, wow. I think if you've got big boys, maybe you want to do something (laughs) like this. But um, you and I probably wouldn't get the worth out of it because we kind of like to snack on the go. I'm good with some popcorn. Like, I don't have to have all these meals all the time. But (laughs) some people like it. And so they brought that back. Yeah. Yeah. And then they are streamlining Genie Plus. We don't really exactly know how yet, but that's a welcome change that they've just announced. Um, And they're going to make it more similar to the previous Fast Pass service that Disney World used to have. So back in the day, um, a few months in advance, you were able to choose three Fast Pass experiences ahead of time. Um, And you got to schedule them and you knew what time they were. Um, So this was good for people like you and I who love to plan and want things (laughs) planned in advance. Um, Less good for people who maybe like you and your team who just sort of showed up on the day and didn't have fast passes scheduled, things like that. So there's pros and cons to it. But for such a large park, having that old system seemed to make a lot of sense. Um, So they're going to be bringing something like that back. 
The big difference is that we used to not have to pay for that service of getting three fast passes in advance, and now we will. Um, So not the worst thing in the world, but yeah, I think everyone's really excited to see um, some different technology occurring at Disney World because Genie Plus right now has some issues. It's great that um, they've listened to their clients and it sounds like they're making changes that people are asking for. And I just always love to hear that in a business because you know that they're putting the customers first and that if you do speak out Mm -hmm. about what would make the experience better for you, the chances are that others would agree and you could actually enact change. And that's great to hear from any business. Yes, for sure. Um, and it's it's definitely a, a step in the right direction. They have a new CEO. He's actually the old CEO before Chapik. So mm. we had Bob Iger. Bob Iger stopped down. We had Chapik come in. And Chapik came in and all the prices went up. The feuds started with Florida. Chapik got let go and they brought back Iger. Now Iger's making all these changes, or at least it's happening under his direction. So um, I think that this is like, you know, a good turn for Disney to start listening to their fans again and stop nickel and diming and let us, you know, have a have more magical experience while we're there. Um, And so I think Bob Iger is listening. And that's a good thing. So we're happy about that. That's great. Um, Okay, so you mentioned that there are six parks at Disney World, which I had no idea. Can you break down what those parks are and the vibe of them? And are you visiting all of them on your trip or some of them or how would someone that's never been before choose where to go? Yeah, it's it's hard. Um, so we will be doing four of the six parks. We won't be doing either of the water parks. Mm-hmm. We had considered doing it, especially because we're going in the summer. Um, but ultimately, we're only there for a week and we want to have a lot of downtime to hang out by the pool. Um, and so mm-hmm. because of that, we're just going to do the four parks Um and we're going to do one park a day. Um, so we are going to do Magic Kingdom. So this is the first park. Magic Kingdom is th- basically the equivalent to our Disneyland um, park. So it's going to have a lot of the same rides, but it is much larger than Disneyland. And I think there's more rides in general at the park than there is at Disneyland. Um, so... There are some some of the same rides, many of the same rides, but a few major exceptions. Um, we have Seven Dwarves Mine Train, which is sort of a junior roller coaster, Barnstormer, which is like Gadgets Go Coaster. Mm. There's Country Bear Jamboree. Um, so there's like a few different ones that you you really want to make sure you get to if you're at Disney um, at Disney World versus Disneyland. And then the, the big ride that just opened up at Disney World is Tron. And um, it's it's a space-based sort of um, roller coaster that they just put into Tomorrowland. Um, and it's supposed to be really ex- exciting and fun. So I'm excited about that one. This is the park that I went to. So does it have all the same lands that Disneyland has? Adventureland, Tomorrowland, Fantasyland? Yes. Um, we have Frontierland at mm. Disney World. That's the big exception. Um, and we don't have New Orleans Square. Mm. So other okay. than that, they're very similar. And it's set up very similar in terms of where the rides are. 
like Fantasyland is in the back of the park, just like Disneyland. So you can sort of know where the rides would be, um, but it is a lot more walking. It's just mm. if you're walking and you have to walk through there, you're just going to get a lot of steps that day, um, <laughs> way more than you would at Disneyland because everything's so condensed. Um, yeah. So it's, it's a lot of fun. There are a lot more rides on the Lightning Lane system. So mm-hmm. um, you know how we were able to use Genie Plus at Disneyland to get on the Lightning Lanes? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot more rides, especially like in Fantasyland at Disney World that are on that system. So you can get them oh, with Genie Plus. That's nice. I know yeah. you love that because you love those Lightning Lanes. I do. <laughs> I do. I don't like to stand in line. No. Um, yeah. um so yeah it's very similar to disneyland the um the next park is hollywood studios and this is where star wars land is so actually that's another difference i guess between the two is star wars land exists in um, hollywood studios down in orlando whereas it's a disneyland park um we're out, out here in california um so it's a lot of the star wars land with the same rides um the guardians of the galaxy ride at disneyland where you um, go up and get dropped by the elevator. At Disney World, it's called Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. So I don't know if you remember that old that old movie. Yes. Um, did you ever watch that, The Twilight Zone? Yes, for sure. Oh, wow. Okay, interesting. So it's around that. Yeah, it's, it's like a, that's how it's themed. That's how the one at Disneyland used to be themed, too. They, they redid it for Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, um, okay. So it's kind of a creepy ride. It's fun. Um and then there's Toy Story Land, which has um, the Slinky Dog Dash is the big, big ride there, um, which is like a roller coaster that our youngest kids can go on. Um, mm. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, again, this one just doesn't have as many rides. There's a few rides there, but, um, you know, there's maybe like five big rides there and you're done for the day. So you can do a lot of these parks in like sort of half a day and then go home back to the resort and go to the pool for the afternoon, which is sort of how we structure our days at Disney World, especially in the summer. Oh, nice. Okay. So So Hollywood Studios Park, is that similar? I'm thinking about um, in LA, like Universal Studios, same kind of vibe, like all LA themed Um, or not so much, more around Disney movies. Yeah, it it was initially um yeah, it was sort of sort of like you're supposed to be going backstage to movies back in the oh, day cool. when they first built it. Yeah, so it it was sort of like a backstage like there were different um experiences you would go watch and uh, be a part of, but there weren't a ton of rides back in the day, so they've built that up over time. Um and Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway is here too. So they're they're starting to put more and more rides at Hollywood Studios. Universal Studios actually also has parks in Orlando. So um, those are totally separate from Disney World parks, but in the same general location, easy to get to, um, a lot of fun, especially for older kids, more sort of thrilling rides, Um, whereas Disney's like the younger kid sort of um, experience. Um, Yeah. And then there's Epcot, which I said earlier is my favorite, and this um, park has gotten better and better over time. So it used to be sort of boring and about science, which I love science, but a lot of the stuff is like <laughs> learning about the land and um, sort of like boring experiences for kids, especially. Um, it stands for Experimental Prototype Community of Tomorrow, um, oh. celebrating community, culture, human achievement, new ideas, new technologies. 
Um, but there's a lot of cool rides here now. They've been working on Epcot for, I would, say, I would say, like the last decade and really putting more and more rides in there. And now it's turned into a lot of fun as a park. Um, I won't go into everything that there is there, but the big one for us is Frozen Ever After, which is like basically the only Frozen ride there is to go on in the United States. So oh, my kids cool. love the Frozen movies. Oh, yeah, and I know do, you and do, do I too. S- I see here on the notes there's a Remy Ratatouille ride. Yes. Yeah. That one is so cool. cool. So it's the same technology as um, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway with the trackless ride, Um, but they also have smells. So you're like going through and you smell cheese and you smell um, bread cooking and things like that. So it's really, it's really cool. Your kids would love it, especially cause they like rats. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, that sounds so cool. And then I think I had heard years ago that Epcot has the best food of all the parks. Do you agree with that? Yes. Yes, they do because they have all those, the countries. And so every country has an amazing, at least, at least one amazing restaurant to go eat at. And even the places to stop by for, for like nibbles, um, they're really good. Like my husband loves like the Japan area for the green tea, ice cream and things like that. Things that, you know, are pretty unique. Um, but a way to sort of like visit those countries while you're at Disney world. It's a lot of fun. Oh, okay. I, I'm liking the sound of Epcot. It sounds like nothing yeah. nothing else exists like this. It sounds really unique, um, really cool. Yeah. And then so that's yeah. fa- five if we're including the water parks. What's the last one? The last one's Animal Kingdom. Um, and oh. this – yeah, and this one's um, – it's great. It's like basically a whole zoo. Um where you can go through like on a safari ride and they'll take you by giraffes and they'll take you by all these exotic animals. It's a lot of fun. Um, And then they have totally different things there like Pandora Land, which just opened a few years ago. Um, And it's like nothing I've ever seen before. It's very out of this world, crazy looking. And the rides there are spectacular. Um, And then there's Expedition Everest, which is like one of the best roller coasters ever. It's so much fun. Um, and then there's a few other rides. Um, actually Cali river rapids is a lot like the, the Disneyland water ride that we walked by so many times, um, coming in and out of the grand Californian. It's a lot like that, that ride. It's a, you get drenched if you go on it. Um, yeah. <laughs> for older kids. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. For older kids. Um, and there's not a ton of rides at animal kingdom in general. There's a lot of animals to see, which is great for kids. Um, but they're talking about um, changing some of that and adding new rides. And I've even heard rumors of maybe something Moana-based going in there or, um, yeah, something something to spruce it up a little bit because it does seem like it's the park that needs a few more attractions, in my mm-hmm. opinion, and very easy to achieve within half a day. Um, and in my experience, it's the hottest park. So for some reason, this park is really, really hot. So it's the one you would definitely want to do rope drop for and get out as soon as possible and go back to the pool. (laughs) Oh, that's good advice. Okay. So are you planning a full day in Magic Kingdom and Epcot and then a half day in Animal Kingdom and Hollywood Studios? Yeah, we'll probably do – we'll probably spend – maybe three-fourths of a day at Magic Kingdom total. 
mm-hmm. um, and then do half days at the other parks. So, um, which means we won't get to everything at every single park, and that's okay. We've learned we can't get to everything we want to get to at Disney World, so we just have to have things we're aiming for and make sure we get those in. And then when we need to call it, we need to call it. And um, heat is a big factor. So when we're there, you know, by noon, we're not only hungry, we're so hot and we want to go get in the pool at, in Florida. So um, oh, okay. that's sort of our considerations for that. What, um, gosh, I've only been to Florida that, that one time. I don't even think I know, but like how hot is Orlando during the summer? What are we talking about here? We're, we're talking about upwards of hundreds. So um, ah! with really high humidity, yeah, <laughs> ni- upper 90s and do 100s, it can get very, very hot. The saving grace, though, is that um, storms roll in pretty reliably in the afternoon. You can expect a sprinkle on, you know, many days, which is nice because you need it to cool off for a second. Um, but, you know, kids have less tolerance, especially younger kids, have less tolerance for that heat. Um, and so we just know, get in there, get a few rides in, call that done and, um, a success and moving on with life. Because if you try and stay and do all the rides with little kids, it's just, um, it won't be fun. They won't have fun and you won't have fun. And, um, every hotel is going to have a pool. So definitely, definitely go do that. Um, in the afternoons for sure. So, yeah, and then there's the two water parks. Yeah, and the two water parks, just to say that they're not regular water parks. Like, you hear about water parks in general. I hear about water parks. I'm like, ew, no, yuck. These aren't like that. Disney does it Disney's way, and Disney's way is great. I mean, it's clean. It's fun. The rides are really fun. Um, these are probably the only two water parks I would go to, besides maybe Universal's water park. I've done that one before, too. But those are that's about it. Like I otherwise I don't tend to do water parks um, because I'm just picky and I think they're gross. <laughs> that's good. That's good to know. In Cal in California, I grew up going to a water park and I have such amazing fond memories of spending summers at this oh. water water park. And I think about it. Yeah. And it just I want my daughters to have the same experience, but it grosses me out now. It's just like, oh, yeah, all the shared water and oh, gross. But so that's great to know that there's yeah. two options here, and it sounds like they're really clean. They are clean, and you can elevate the experience by getting one of the deluxe cabanas. So I highly Ooh. recommend. You know, I like an elevated experience. <laughs> yes, I know you do. Yes, yes, and um. They're supposed to be amazing. Um, we were going to, I think I, I even booked one for this um, past summer. We were going to go and we ended up canceling it last minute. I was very bummed, but um, it's supposed to be great. And they, you know, they serve you just like they would at the pool. So, mm, um, nice. you know, makes it nice and easy for little kids to cool off and relax in the middle of the day. Um, yeah. In the theming, I can't stress enough. One's called Blizzard Beach and you actually like, it's amazing. Like you wouldn't imagine like a snow-based sort of uh, water park makes a lot of sense, but it's it's perfect and it's a lot of fun. And with Frozen having coming out come out like, you know, 10 years ago, they added all the the Frozen characters now too oh, um, to cute. that park. So that's cute. Yeah. And then the other one's Typhoon Lagoon, and it's like a shipwrecked 
sort of boat and it's based around that theme but everything is so themed there that the kids just love it it's a lot of fun oh okay good to know okay so if we're you're flying from california into orlando mm-hmm. is are the parks close to the airport do you rent a car how do you how do you get there yeah it's about an hour drive um to get from the Orlando airport to the Disney parks and Disney um, resorts area. There used to be something called Magical Express, which was a bus that com- like always was shuttling between the airport and the Disney World um, resorts. They recently got rid of that about a year ago, and everybody was really upset about it, but now they have something called Mirrors Connect, which is basically the same service um, that you were getting with Magical Express. You just have to pay for it. Um, there's one other called Sunshine Flyer. I don't tend to like these buses because they stop at so many resorts. And when you have young children, we just need to get from point A to point B and just do it. Um, and so we did the Magical Express one time before they shut it down. It wasn't a great experience in my opinion. Um And from now on, we'll be renting a car when we're there um, because you need to get to all the parks too. So we are staying at Grand Floridian and we can get to Magic Kingdom through the, from the, using the monorail, um, or we can actually walk straight from our resort to Magic Kingdom. But that's basically the only park you can get to um, easily. The other ones you're going to need to drive to. And so drive and park. Um, There is a bus service that takes you from all the different resorts to the parks. Mm. But again, you're on that bus for a really long time. You're waiting for people to get on and off. It's crowded. um, And it wastes precious time, in my opinion, even though it's free. Mm. Um, Where, you know, the kids start to lose it. It's like, well, you got to get home quick. You know, you got to get in that car and just turn on the AC and get home quick. So um, my advice would be just get a car and park it. Um, and again, if you're a DVC member, the free parking just came back so you can park for free. Um, but it is nice to have a car when you're at Disney world. Also, there's one other thing to go do. And that is besides all these parks, there's something called Disney Springs and that's the shopping and dining area of Disney um, world. And so you need a car to get to that as well. Um, so another good reason to have a car when you're there. So we'll get a car. Good to know. Um, and we'll be driving that around. Good to know. Okay, so you mentioned, so you're staying at the Grand Floridian. Are there other great options for mm-hmm. hotels? Um, and have you stayed at other places before? Yes, there are great options at Disney World. And I have stayed at some of them. I haven't stayed at all of them. Um, but they um, delineate their, Disney World delineates their hotels based on sort of status. And so there's, deluxe hotels, there's moderate hotels, and then there's value hotels. Um, The deluxe hotels would be the ones that I would recommend the most, (laughs) and those would be the Grand Floridian, which is sort of their flagship. You're going to get the luxury experience. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. So if you want to elevate a little bit, um, have a special experience, the deluxe hotels will be the the option that will provide something like that. Not that the other ones don't, but it's a different expectation and a different mm-hmm. experience. Um, 
there's so we're staying at the Grand Floridian, as I mentioned. There's also the Polynesian, which is amazing theming and beautiful and and very like Hawaiian feeling, um, with great restaurant options on site. There's also the Contemporary, and the Contemporary is the one that the monorail goes through. Um, and so the monorail goes to Grand Floridian, Polynesian, and the Contemporary, and then to Magic Kingdom. And so it goes in a circle, and you can get on and off um, at any of those ones. And so that makes those three, if you really think you know, you're going to spend a lot of time at Magic Kingdom, it makes staying at one of those three resorts really appealing because you don't have to drive and park. Mm-hmm. Um, you can just take that monorail. Or if you're staying at Grand Floridian, you can walk. There's a walking path, which is even sort of nicer. Um, yes. yes. And then there are three others that are deluxe and those are the boardwalk Inn, the yacht club and the beach club. Um, and they all sit around the boardwalk and it's sort of what you might expect for a boardwalk. Like it's themed just like a, an, a boardwalk would be with games and ice cream parlors. Um, it's, it's very vibrant and fun over there. Um, and you can walk to Hollywood studios and Epcot, from that area. So there's sort of two big areas where people will opt to stay. It's either staying in the um, on the monorail uh, with one of those three deluxe resorts and proximity to Magic Kingdom. That works great for young kids because kids tend to like those rides at Magic Kingdom. Um, but then if you, as you get older kids, as your kids start to age a little bit, I've heard a lot of people say, well, that's actually when this other area becomes more interesting to stay at, the Boardwalk Yacht Club or Beach Club, because then you get to go to the um, Epcot and to Hollywood Studios, which tend to have more thrilling rides for older kids. Um, And so those are the options for that. And then there's one more deluxe resort called Animal Kingdom Lodge. So Mm. this is attached to the Animal Kingdom Park, and you have... um, the availability to get a room there that has a savannah view and you can watch giraffes all day. Yeah. And they come right up to your balcony. That sounds amazing. Yeah. I've never done that before, but um, that's definitely on my list of things to do because that sounds like so much fun. I think the kids would get a a kick out of that. Yes. There's one other that I think would have been classified as deluxe and it's the star wars galactic cruiser which is um, an experience that disney created where you basically get on a cruise like you would like a water cruise but it's the star wars cruise you get on for two days and you don't leave and you're immersed in star wars land there's all kinds of things you'd go do and there's interaction and stuff they just announced this week like a couple days ago that they're closing this, which is shocking because they just opened it a couple years ago. Oh, Um, wow. So no one knows what they're going to do with it. The big problem with this is that it was about $5,000 for two people to do Mm. it for two nights. And once you go in there, like, it's expensive. (laughs) And like you and I, like, yeah, you can't leave. It's (laughs) dark because you're in space. Yeah, the rooms are small. And you must, yeah, and you basically it's like forced participation. You must engage with the crew and complete tasks. What a nightmare. I know. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not surprised to hear this is closing. <laughs> no, I mean, I think all the people who were Star Wars people 
uh, they got to do it maybe if they could afford it. And then they ran out of people who wanted to do this. And so there haven't <laughs> been full cruises for months, basically. They've been like, you know, they've been trying to get people to do it and nobody wants to do it. So yeah, my hypothesis is they're going to probably close this and reopen as a regular hotel. Um, but, you know, sort of the weird thing is, is that normal hotels at Florida have like pools and they have amenities and things like that. This doesn't because it's like a space hotel. So very interested to see what they're going to do with it to make some money from it. But mm. strange. <laughs> I don't ever want to go on a regular cruise, much less a Star Wars <laughs> cruise. <laughs> Both sound terrible. Oh, you're speaking my language. I know. I know. I, I've never done a cruise. I don't want to get stuck on a boat either. Um, yeah, so we'll see what happens. That was maybe a deluxe option that's now going away end of September. Um, but in general, you know, there's a lot of mott that could go through. There's like, I don't know, 16 different resorts on property um, oh, I could wow. talk about. And there are so many, and they all have an amazing theme that goes along with them. Um, they're all of really cool experience. Um, so I would say no matter where you're going to stay on property, make sure you're um, scheduling ample time to be at your pool and on that actual property where you're staying. Mm -hmm. um, and look for all the special offerings at your hotel, like art projects. They'll have special art projects for kids. They'll have Sunday yoga. There's drive-by character sightings. Um, and then just speaking from the few resorts that I've stayed at that were um, on property, especially the Grand Floridian, they have so much staff there at the pool to play with the kids. So there are games all day with the staff. By the end of the, the week that we're there, they know my kids' names. My kids have won so many rubber duckies for, <laughs> for winning different games. We'll go home with like a big bag of rubber duckies that they've won. Um, it's a lot of fun and great for parents because I mean, sometimes I just want to sit back and have a pina colada or something like that and watch the kids play. But oftentimes they're pulling me into the pool and I don't get to relax. This is an experience where you get to sit back and your kids go play with the staff at the pool and they'll keep them going all day. Um, oh, this is great. I love this. This is so great to know. And did you say this is only at yeah. the Grand Floridian or is this at other hotels as well? This is at other hotels as well. But okay. I will say um, it's done the best, in my opinion, with the most staff in the most games at Grand Floridian. Mm. Um, they just knocked it out of the park. And they also have like a, a water area where um, it's like a splash zone. Um, for little kids right next to the big pool and the big pool has a big slide and then there's all these, I mean, it's great, the games. And then my big piece of advice for this is on days where you know you're going to have a full pool day, go ahead and book yourself one of the cabanas like we did at Disneyland mm -hmm. because it's like $300 a day and they serve you hand and foot again. Um, and especially in Florida, having that shade and having a place to cool off is great um, having a little place to stay so you can book those 60 days in advance and I have done that for a couple of the days that we're going to be there that's good to know I I love to book a cabana pretty much any vacation we go on I just love that service and having that private space now you keep mentioning the Florida yes. weather and it's making me realize that I just don't know much about Florida weather and so potentially our listeners don't either when is the best time to go to Florida like, I know you're going in June. 
is that the mm-hmm. best time? Or would there be a better time? If you could plan it at any time in the year, when would you suggest people go? Um, I would say if you're a non-Floridian um, and not used to southern heat, that I would go in the spring or um, end of fall. The other thing to consider, so spring is beautiful there. It's warm, sunny, you're going to get your heat, you're going to get your vitamin D, it's going to be great. The fall, you would also get that, but you also have the potential for hurricanes. And so Ah! um, I remember one time we went, I know, (laughs) one time we went in September and um, we we were worried there was a hurricane coming through maybe two days before we were supposed to go. And we landed and I mean, the hurricane had done some major damage. There were trees down. There was a lot of um, cleaning up to do by Disney that they, I mean, they were working hand and foot trying to get it cleaned up for their guests, but a lot of stuff had happened that they had to clean up. Um, And so I would say, um, you know, your vacation could be completely canceled because of this. You know, if you only have a certain amount of time to take off and it's in September, um, this may not be the best option. Um, Maybe find yourself at Disneyland instead, somewhere where you're going to have more predictable (laughs) weather. Um, because hurricanes come through and they just, you know, it's tough. So, so spring, um, that would be the the major (laughs) spring or, I mean, again, one of my, I think I've said this in previous episodes, one of my favorite times to do Disney is for the holidays. So I would also say do it for Thanksgiving and go and stay a couple days after Thanksgiving and wait to see all those Christmas decorations going up or go for Christmas uh, or go any time in December. Oh. The Christmas um, experience at Disney World and Disneyland is so amazing. Like it brings tears to my eyes, like to see all the decorations that they do. And it's just all out. I mean, everywhere. It's just like Christmas threw up everywhere. And it's (laughs) spectacular. Um, So I would say that would be the best time to go. Um, And then I, I wanted to make sure I mention, because we're talking about deluxe hotels, there's one more deluxe option to um, to keep in mind for people who love Disney as much as I do and decide they want to go for the next 40 years, you can buy into DVC, which is Disney Vacation Club. And um, there are many, many DVC um, villas or buildings on site on all of these different properties. And so Every property you go to, you can look and see, is there a DVC here or not? And if there is, you could buy into that hotel and say, I want to stay here um, for the next, you know, however many years there is left on your contract. We should definitely do like a DVC episode later on so I can explain more about this because it's not always a 40-year commitment. Sometimes there's a 20-year commitment if it's, it depends on when um, the contracts first started being sold. But um, it's another great option, and even at DVC um, buildings on moderate properties, for instance, those DVC experiences will always be deluxe. So it's always a way to have an elevated experience every single time um, if you do the DVC option. Mm, okay, so good. I want to make know. sure I plug that in as something to yes. think about. Yeah, I I think that mm-hmm. DVC warrants its own episode because there is so much to that yes. that I'm interested in. So more to come in a later episode on that. Um, okay, great information yes. there on all the resorts and um, hotels that are offered. So 
logistically, did you say you're planning this for 16 people? <laughs> yes, I am. Um, yeah, it's quite a, a, a lot to do, but for 16 people, including one infant, two year, one year olds, and then my three kids are three, six, and eight. So a um, lot of age variability here to plan for, um, lots of opinions to take into consideration <laughs> when making plans. A lot of fun, yeah. Um, we are, most of us are staying at Grand Floridian, um, staying on the DVC side because I'm a DVC member at the Grand Floridian. Um, and due to the pandemic, the contracts I bought had a ton of extra points on them from previous years. So um, some of my family is able to stay there with me at the DVC side. And so that'll be a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, we're going to be staying over at the Grand Floridian, the DVC, and um, we're going to do four one-day tickets for us. And then the rest of my family is going to do just one day and just do Magic Kingdom because they've got little kids and mm-hmm. they don't really see um, the need to do the the bigger kid parks yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. And then um, we booked a couple months out. Um so you can start booking all your reservations for dining and things like that 60 days out um, in your cabanas for the pool. So those are things to keep in mind. Um, and you want to make sure you do that exactly 60 days out, especially for the cabanas. There's also fireworks um, cruises you can book, and it's um, for yourself and up to nine other people. Yeah. So you can go out on a boat at night, and you can book you can book something like that as well. Um, 60 days out. So that's the, of the first day that you're going to be there. So if you're staying on property. Correct me if I'm wrong, but when we were Mm -hmm. booking Disneyland for our non VIP days, you had me waking up at 6 (laughs) AM a few days in a row to book things. And then did you say that for Disney world, you can book your whole trip. So you only have to wake up early one time. Is that correct? Yeah. Yep. I just had to do it one day. It is nice. Um, what it means though, is I can book for my entire week on, on 60 days from the first day of my stay. That also means that that overlaps with other people's trips. So people who are, are coming before me potentially can book the days that I'm there, especially the first few days that I'm there, um, ahead of me. So things like cabanas are actually mm. harder to come by at the beginning of your stay rather than the end of your stay. Makes so it's sense. something to keep in mind. Yeah. And also dinner reservations. They had first dibs maybe a week ago or whatever the 60 days was before the start of their trip. But if their trip overlapped with my trip, then they had first dibs on all those reservations. So there's a little bit of um, planning and things to keep in mind. I was still able to get my cabanas. Um, but I think, again, that's because this is a soft summer for Disney and they're not expecting as many guests. So um, I was lucky. Last year, I wasn't able to do that. Oh, yeah. okay. Good to know. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we rent a stroller. There's you know lots of stroller rentals there. We'll do the same thing we did with you and just get the double stroller. It's like $125 for a week. Um, we go through Orlando Stroller Rentals. Um, and they've been really reliable in the past. So I'd recommend them for that. Um, yeah. So those are sort of like the logistics that have been in, in play. Um, one big difference technologically is that we have to find each other on the app. My whole family has to find each other and connect our tickets, Mm. um, which makes it hard for certain individuals 
um, <laughs> my brother Eric, <laughs> who has no Disney account, so there's no one to connect. I can't connect to him. So I have everybody on my app except for him. So come day of um, when we're trying to book our Genie Pluses, you know, you have to be able to. You have to do all this in advance. Whereas, like, I just was able to see you at Disneyland, and we just we just connected our Synced. phones, and it yeah. quickly found each other. Um, it's not the same for Disney World, so. So that's so interesting. They're not using the same technology. They're not using the same platforms. That seems like a miss. No, it does seem like a miss, especially when something works so well as it does at Disneyland. Um, they should just use whatever Disneyland's mm-hmm. using because all the, I mean, it took me a few hours to, to get my parents on, to get my, my brothers on, their spouses, if their kids have tickets, and then to connect with them and link to each other. And last year when we did this, we connected and linked to each other. We lost each other's tickets. And so my dad's ticket just poof went away. Like no one could find it and it wasn't on anybody's app. So there's a lot of weird technology things going on for Disney World that don't go on for Disneyland. Um, and so, yeah, um, I would say Disney World needs to adopt some of the... Well, and you would think like, my mind goes to coming from an education background and then into business. A common successful business strategy is to keep the education uh, similar throughout your different businesses because if the consumer has learned one technology, consider them educated on it and they should be able to follow into your other businesses with that same technology. So, wow, this sounds like a like a miss for Disney World and Disneyland. Hopefully they can get their act together and sync things up to streamline it. Yeah, if by some um, some unknown reason Josh tomorrow is listening to this podcast <laughs> and he's in charge of all the parks at Disney, um, the advice from us would be just use the Genie Plus system and the app that you have at Disneyland at Disney World. Um, and yeah, let us just be educated on one system because those of us who go to both, I mean, it's so much to ha- to keep in mind and it's a hassle. Yeah. Well, I'm sure I'm sure he's listening. So there you go. <laughs> if you want any more platinum perspectives, we'll let you know what they are, Josh. Tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, the other big thing is Genie Plus is different there too. Oh so, no. Um, not only must we connect with one another ahead of time so that I can book everybody's Genie Pluses together, um, we have to buy Genie Plus between midnight and seven a.m. Of the what? day we're going to the park. Yes. Wait, I'm sorry. You you have to buy it while you're sleeping? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Basically, um, those of us who are planning these trips don't get any sleep. So between 12 a.m. and 7 a.m., you must purchase your Genie Plus every single day that you're there. You can't do this ahead of time. And then you have to book at 7 a.m. Um, your first Lightning Lane through your Genie Plus. So the thing is, is that Genie Plus can sell out and it has sold out in the past. So you really don't know if the day that you're there is going to be the day that it sells out ahead of time. And then at 7 a.m., you have to do the lightning lanes um, for ho- if you're staying at the hotel. Um, you got to get up at 7 and book those. But you can do it from your hotel room, which is nice. Um, wow. And then Tron, I know, right? And then Tron is an individual lightning lane that you can purchase right at 7 a.m. also. Or um, there's a virtual line that you can join, similar to previous um, Star Wars, the Rise of Resistance. And I think there were some others that have done this in the past. But right now, because it's brand new, 
Um, there's a virtual line, but the virtual line goes within seconds, I've heard. So oh, you have to be on your phone. You have to be like right there at 7 a.m. to get that if you want it. Um, or you can purchase it, and I've heard that, that goes within minutes. Yeah. Okay. And then what exactly is Magic Bands Plus? I've heard about this, and I'm not sure. what What is it? Yeah. So you might have seen maybe sparsely at Disneyland because they adopted it a little later than Disney World, but there are these wristbands that you can buy, and um, they allow you – to um, do a bunch of different things in the park. So one is you put your park ticket on the, um, it gets connected to your magic band. So you can go in and out of the park using your magic band rather than showing your ticket through your phone. Um, same thing for your lightning lanes when you book it and then you want to walk through and you, you need to show your phone. The other way to do it is to show your wristband and then you swipe yourself through that way also. Um, so it, you can also get into your hotel room with it. So it will be linked up to your hotel stay if you're staying on property. And it serves as a key to your hotel room. And um, you can also use it to link to your photo pass pictures that are taken of you. So mm -hmm. we were showing our phone at Disneyland. You can show this watch instead and they'll nice. just link it quickly like that. Um, yeah. And then there, the new ones are the Magic Band Pluses. They used to be just Magic Band Magic Band Plus is what they're moving to, although right now you can use both at Disney World, but Magic Band Plus has special experiences that um, you get to have while you're there. Um, one big one is like during the nighttime spectaculars, your wristband will be doing all kinds of crazy stuff with all these lights and vibrations and stuff like that, along with the, the um, spectacular that you're watching. Oh, that's cool. Um, and then when you're on... Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. And when you're on certain rides, the wristband will interact at the same time. And so there'll be things that happen, um, especially when you're like, I guess, leaving the um, some of the rides like Remy's Ratatouille Adventure, Guardians of Galaxy, um, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. When you're leaving these rides, um, they light up and do all these special things. And um, you get vibrations and stuff like some sort of like celebration or um, some sort of experience that you get to have um, with the watch if you're if you have it. So um, it seems like fun. And I think this time we're going to buy we're going to do it. We're going to buy these for the whole family and we're just going to be swiping in and out. It's going to be so much easier than showing my phone for everybody. Although, again, the ones in my family who don't do the bands, I'm still going to have to show my phone for them. But yeah. Whatever, at least some of us will have them and make it a little bit easier. Um, and they work at Disneyland too. So, oh, um, wonderful. If and we're going to be your, doing both. Did you yeah. say that your credit card is synced to it? So you could just show that if you want to buy some food, you just show your. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if you don't want to pull your credit card out or. Like sometimes my eight-year-old wants to go grab something real quick. It'd be great for her to just go show her band and have it charged to our room instead of having me go over there and pay for it and whatever else. So um, might be like a little easier. I heard on a uh, recent podcast I love, Girls Next Level, I heard Holly Madison talking about she went to Disneyland with her kids. And I believe they're around our kids' ages. And she talked about 
the magic band bracelets being so great because she's not fumbling through her purse and she's not having to pull out a credit card. Her kids can just show their wristband and get whatever mm-hmm. snack they needed. And I was like, oh, that, that's good to know. I mean, that could be dangerous, yeah. but it's also good to know. <laughs> <laughs> I know I've thought that too. I mean, what if somebody else swipes it or if your kid just wants to go on a shopping spree? <laughs> I think you can put a limit. Like you can say like no purchases over a certain amount. Oh, At least that's, that's the way good. it used to be. Yeah. So you could limit their accessibility or just have the accessibility only on your watch and not their watches. That's another way that they, they um, do it too. They can limit accessibility on the kids' watches. Um, yeah. So it does make it a lot easier and they're a lot of fun. Like they're just, it's like fun to go have a watch and be able to do all kinds of stuff. I used to have the Magic Band original before they went to the Plus system. Um, and it was a lot of fun to, to do with the kids. And they used to be free, but now they're 35 to $45, depending on which which kind you want. Um, okay, so, good to know. Yeah. And then with regards to dining, so we talked a little bit about Epcot having some great food choices, but uh, what are your favorite restaurants and, and restaurants that uh, people might want to look at booking ahead of time? Yeah. Oh gosh. There's so many good restaurants. Um, we are going to do, um, be our guest at magic kingdom. This is, um, themed after, um, the beauty and the beast movie and it's, it's really cute. Yeah. It's, it's really pretty inside. It's sort of like a big palace. Like, um, the beast's house was like sort of like a palace. Um, so it's really cute. Um, there's also Cinderella's castle you can dine at, and that's a lot of fun. And you get to meet Cinderella ahead of time, and that's sweet. Oh, there's a restaurant um, in the castle? Yeah, it's in the castle. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. Um, there's also – one I'm really excited about is Topolino's Terrace, and it's at the top of the Riviera Resort, the one I told you is brand new. Mm. Um, and I've heard great things from it. It's, like, apparently got an amazing view and great food. Um, and then if you want to go to da- – I mean, Epcot's got fan- phenomenal – there's so much – to. I mean, that's like a whole episode of food at Epcot. <laughs> the Epcot food is amazing. Um, but then if you want to have um, any experience like outside of the park, you sort of want a Disney experience, maybe just for dinner that night and you did a pool day, you can go to Disney Springs and um, you can go to Morimoto. There's Wine Bar George. The Boathouse is really, really popular. It's out on the water. And it has they have these cars that – are like aquatic cars. They're like old timey fifties looking cars you get in and then they can drive you around the water, the lagoon and stuff like that. It's a lot of cute stuff there. Yeah. It's a lot of fun and great shopping. Um, so make sure you have ample time to do Disney Springs, maybe even a couple days for dining and shopping. Wow. Okay. Good to know. Um, I wanted to circle back. I had asked you in rapid fire about the VIP service, and that was my highlight of our Disneyland trip because it was something I didn't know existed, and it was so worth the money to me. Now, you said in rapid fire that it's not worth it at Disney World. Can you share a little bit on why and what can we do if we're not going to do VIP service because it's not worth it, what can we do to seek out luxury and elevate a Disney World trip? Yeah. um, I'm glad you're asking about this. I did want to circle back to that. Um, So the VIP experience at Disneyland, I think the things that made it so special was beforehand, before we even got to the VIP, we got to tell them all the dining we wanted we got to tell them when we wanted it. We got to tell them what nighttime spectaculars we wanted to see. 
Um, we wanted to tell, I got to tell them, we want to meet princesses. We want this, like any random thing we wanted. They heard about it ahead of time. They scheduled it for us ahead of time. And that for me, as the planner and the person putting in all the effort, that made it so special. Um, none of that exists for Disney World. So the experience at Disney World is they they do come pick you up from your hotel in a van um, and they drive you backstage to whichever parks you want to do. Um, so they did not, when I made my reservation, they did not take any of my dining reservations. They did not hear about what spectaculars I wanted or any special experiences. I did tell them, we're big foodies. Like we're going, to, we wanted to do Epcot and we wanted to do Hollywood Studios was what we did for our VIP day at Disney World. We said, we are foodies. We love to try new, unusual foods. If there's anything cool, maybe seasonal that's coming out while we're there, that's, um, you know, to try at Epcot, we'd love to stop along the way and we'd like to try it. Um, and our guide came with he came with somebody he was training um they picked us up in this old van that had no ac there was all of us i think there was seven of us plus a double stroller and so because the guy that he was training was there was with us none we didn't we didn't get to sit up front and like talk to the guide he was talking to this guy this whole time and then we were sitting in the back just like dying of heat exhaustion like my whole family in this like extra large long old bus or car oh I guess I don't know what you want to call it um and we're just driving around like sweating so bad and they they did drive us into the back of Epcot which was cool to see the backstage we didn't have to go through security which was nice but basically that's where the specialness ends they did get us on rides like they would at Disneyland um but it wasn't nearly as special and there wasn't the level of interaction with the guide, mm. like, like with Kathy at Disneyland. We got to ask her all these questions and she was just so good with the kids and mm -hmm. just so outgoing. This Our guides were just not like that. They were just talking to each other the whole time and um, we didn't stop for any special food along the way at Epcot. So we were starving by the time we got to Hollywood Studios, and they just dropped us off at this outdoor food arena and left for an hour. And we were just like outside in like 100 degree heat with all these kids standing in half an hour long lines to find our own food. Oh my, oh my God. They didn't go get the food for you because Kathy, we were at Disneyland, we were able to say, oh, our girls want popcorn. And we were even able to say one notch up, our girls want popcorn in the Cinderella carriage <laughs> yeah. that we can't seem to find anywhere. And within 10 yeah. minutes, here was Kathy with five Cinderella carriages full of popcorn. I know. And that right I there know. was just like, yes, this is what we're paying for. And this is an elevated right. experience. So that's, is it the same pricing at Disney World? It's, it was, it was even more expensive. What? I want to say it was $700 an hour or something like that at Disney World. So, uh. Um, yeah, it was like a really, really disappointing experience. And you know how I am. I'm thinking to myself like, oh, how much is it an hour? What are we getting yeah. in for the hour? And like, what, is it worth it? Um, for me, it wasn't worth it. I would rather just do Genie Plus and get like, have my expectations just be lower. I'm not going to get on every single ride and go have fun with my family and be able to plan it myself ahead of time rather than just go wing it with some guys mm -hmm. that just talk to one another and aren't really there for like the experience of the guests. So 
That's disappointing. Another thing that I loved about Disneyland VIP is that she had seats for us at every spectacular that we wanted. Just, we didn't have to get there early. It was, you know, two minutes before the parade started, two minutes before the nighttime show. And here's all of our front row seats and we just were able to walk right in and sit down. So for Disney World, do you get front row seats for any of those shows or no? I think at the time when we were there, there was one daytime parade at a park we weren't there. We weren't mm. going to be at that day. Okay. Um, and they said if we wanted that, we would just tell them the day of, we want that. Oh, and that's, okay. that's the, how that would work. Huh. Um, but there wasn't, there wasn't the level of um, experiences at Disney mm. World either. So um, one other big difference that like I just thought of right now is that you see so many characters walking around Disneyland all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you and I saw, we saw so many characters. So it was many, so it was special. great. Yeah, you, you have to plan character dining or a character experience at Disney World to see a character. So mm. there aren't just characters walking around because at Disney World, they get mobbed. At Disneyland, they don't. They just walk around. You, you noticed them, but it's not like we run up to them. Um, so you have to plan that at Disney World too in advance. So mm. um, it's just another thing that's like, I wish I wish we could have VIP to plan something like that and say, oh, we want to meet this character. What would we go do to, to see that character? It seems like a miss for them. They, sh- they could absolutely be incorporating that and making it very similar to the Disneyland experience, but they're not. So until they do, I would say skip that. And I think the best way to elevate a trip to Disney World is to make sure you're staying at a nice hotel and that you're spending a lot of time at that hotel. Make sure you're carving out time to be at that resort because just there's so many um, shops, there's so many restaurants, there's pools, multiple pools. Um, sometimes at each at each um, resort that you're staying at, you want time to explore all that within your own resort and even have time to maybe go check out the Polynesian or go check out these other resorts that are around town um, at the Disney World Resort because there's just so much to see that's actually not in the parks. Um, and so I think taking the time to do that would be the best way I think to elevate, um, and those cabanas, that would be the other way. Make sure you get some cabanas. Yes. Okay, great. These are all, yep. That's good to know, um, about the VIP disappointing, but good to know. And then, so you have some good tips in there and we talked a little bit about the heat in Florida. I'm wondering with regards to that heat, are there any other tips? So go in the morning and spend lots of time at the Mm -hmm. pool, um, potentially plan for fall or spring. Any other yeah. tips that we should consider if we're not from Florida and traveling in? Yeah, for sure. So um, remember how we got the extra magic morning hour or half an hour because yes. we were staying on property at Disneyland? They do that for Disney World too. So oh, nice. make sure you're there for that extra half hour in the morning because that's when it's going to be the coolest. Um, make sure you get the most out of your morning so that the afternoon could be by the pool like you mentioned. Um a one big tip, one fun tip is like bring water bottles, a whole bunch of plastic water bottles and throw them into the freezer and then mm. pull them right out from the freezer and put them into your stroller. And throughout the day, they're, they're going to melt pretty quickly and then you'll have nice cold water. 
Um, because the water bottles, if you don't do that, they end up being pretty warm by the time you need them. Oh, that's a great tip. Yeah. So definitely freeze those water bottles and throw them in right before you leave. And then you, you can see fireworks right from our balcony. So make sure you like do research. If, if you want to have like a, a fireworks view or something like that, find a resort like the Grand Floridian, um, or the Polynesian where you get to have that view. Um, and make sure you have a balcony and then you don't have to be in the park to see fireworks when you're at Disney world. You can be, you know, putting your kids to bed and staying up with a glass of wine and watching them with your husband, or maybe your kids stay up and then go to bed right after, but it's so much easier than being in the park for fireworks. Um, and then having to go home afterwards with little kids. And then I wanted to mention that powder sunscreen that you gave to me. Ah, color science. There you go. Color science. I want to make sure I mention that. Because in the heat of the summer, you sweat a lot and um, liquid or lotion sunscreens can run in the eyes. Um, and this powder sunscreen would stay put more, I think, I think in a better way. So I would say keep one of those on you at all times, reapply often, and try to stay out of the sun as much as possible. Good to know. Oh, that, that sunscreen is amazing. I linked it last week on our Instagram, but I'll go ahead and put that out there again for anyone who missed it. We have a special link that goes over to Instagram and it's for the Color Science Mineral Foundation. It comes in a couple different shades and we love to use it on ourselves and on our kids. Um, mm -hmm. It's fantastic. Well, this has been so much information that um, honestly has got me pretty excited to visit Disney World sometime. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. I think I think we're gonna have to have a recap uh, episode on your trip so we can okay. get any more information, and then maybe after that we should plan our own family trip Yay. out there. I think that would be so much fun. Yeah. We'll do it on an off summertime so that you're not dying of heat and, and melting. <laughs> I don't, I, I'm not sure. I'm like, I don't think I know how to function in humidity. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's a whole thing. My kids are a wimp in the heat too, but we'll figure it out. And it sounds like it would be well worth it. So as far as three takeaways on Disney World, it sounds like it's a lot bigger. It takes more planning. Mm -hmm. And I love how you had said you want to plan on things, not going exactly how you want or plan it and just kind of yeah. pivot. Yes. Just be flexible. Be flexible. Um, mm -hmm. And then there's a lot of options. So I love how you mm -hmm. recommended doing your research ahead of time and plan, plan, plan. <laughs> yes yes plan ahead as much as possible but be just ready if you need to change things last minute that that's okay and have that in the expectations perfect I love that um and then unfortunately you can't elevate it's not suggested to elevate with their VIP service but you can elevate with where you're staying so staying at one of the deluxe accommodations and plan to spend a lot of time at that resort. Yep, you got it, Sarah. Those are three <laughs> big takeaways, I would say. Um, yeah. So it's been a lot of fun unpacking all of this with you and talking about it with you. Um, everyone, please rate, like, and subscribe and catch us on Instagram and Facebook now at Platinum Perspective Podcast. Awesome. Thank you, Megan. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Bye. Bye.